It's shortly after six o'clock on a Sunday evening. I'm sure of the time because I've just listened to the headlines on the radio. Sleet spatters the windscreen. I'm driving through low countryside, following the occasional finger post toward the A road in London. My headlights rake the drizzle, passing their silver glow over gates and barns and hedgerows, the closed signs hung in village shop windows, the blank muffled look of houses cloistered against the winter evening. Very few cars are out. Everyone is at home watching TV, making supper, doing the last bits of homework before school tomorrow. I've taken the right fork out of Imberley, past the white rectory with the stile. The road opens up briefly between wide exposed fields before it enters the forest. In summer, I always like this part of the drive, the sudden, almost aquatic chill of the green tunnel, the sense of shade and stillness. It makes me think of Milton's water nymph, combing her hair beneath the glassy, cool, translucent wave. But at this time of year, at this time of day, it's just another sort of darkness. Tree trunks flash by monotonously. The road slides a little under my tyres, so I cut my speed right back, glancing down to check on the instrument panel, the bright red and green and gold dials that tell me everything's fine. And then I look back up and I see it, just for a second, caught in the moving cone of light. It's nothing, but it's something. A shape through the trees, a sort of strange illumination up ahead on the left, a little way off the road. I understand immediately that it's not right. It's pure instinct, like the certainty that someone somewhere out of immediate eyeshot is watching you. The impulse is so strong that before I've even really felt a prickle of anxiety, I've braked. I run the car into the muddy, rutted margin of the road, up against a verge, trying to angle the headlights in the appropriate direction. Opening the car door, I pause and lean back in to switch off the radio. The music stops. All I can hear is the wind soughing in the trees, the irregular drip of water onto the bonnet, the steady metronome of the hazard flashes. I shut the door behind me and start to walk quite quickly along the track of my headlights through the damp snag of undergrowth into the wood. My shadow dances up ahead through the trees, growing bigger, wilder with every step. My breath blooms in front of me, a hot white cloud. I'm not really thinking of anything at this moment. I'm not even really scared. It's a car, a big dark car, and it's on its side at an angle, as if it is nudging its way into the cold earth, burrowing into it. The funny shape I saw from the road was the light from its one working headlamp, projecting over a rearing wall of brown bracken and broken saplings. In the next few seconds... As I come close to the car, I notice various things. The gloss of the paintwork bubbled with raindrops, the pale leather interior, the fact that the windscreen hasn't fallen out, but is so fractured that it is misted over, become opaque. Am I thinking about the person or people inside? At this moment, I'm not sure I am. The spectacle is so alien and so compelling that there's not really any space to think about anything else. And then I hear a voice coming from within the car. It's someone talking, quite a low conversational tone, a 
a sort of muttering. I can't hear what is being said, but I know it's a woman. Hey, are you all right? I call, moving around the car, passing from the glare of the headlight into blackness, trying to find her. Are you okay? I bend to look down into windows, but the dark is too thick for me to see in. As well as her voice, which murmurs and pauses and then starts again without acknowledging my question, I can hear the engine ticking down as if it's relaxing. For a moment, I wonder whether the car is about to burst into flames, as happens in films, but I can't smell any petrol. God, of course! I have to call for an ambulance, the police! I pat my pockets in a panic, find my mobile and make the call, stabbing at the button so clumsily that I have to redial. The operator's answer comes as an overwhelming, almost physical relief. I give her my name and telephone number, and then, as she leads me through the protocol of questions, I tell her everything I know, trying hard to sound calm and steady, a useful person in a crisis. There's been an accident. One car. It looks like it came off the road and turned over. There's a woman in there. She's conscious. There might be other people. I don't know. I can't see inside. Whistleborough Wood, just outside Imberley, about half a mile past the Forestry Commission sign. Up on the left, you'll see my car on the road. It's a red Fiat.